0: Okay, shall we start recording, my friends?
1: Yes, Yes, sir. Hold on, Audacity, you're just being weird right now. One sec. Well, first Um, you gotta click
0: on the left button on your mouse, Josh, to turn it on. Are we good? (laughs) Yes, sir. I pressed the wrong setting on Audacity. There we go. (laughs) Just like I pressed the wrong setting on Google Chrome. I don't know what happened. What is a computer? That's a good question. You should consult with the Twitter. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the baby daddy, the Iceman himself. Checking in on his baby right now. I can see it happening in front of my eyes. Josh Cohen, how are you doing?
1: Not the only baby daddy now. Hey...
0: You know what it is. <laughs> this is soon going to be the dad pod. Sorry, Raj. And I <laughs> guess. I <already laughs> <played>. Awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, I Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Hey, I was waiting oh, for the introduction. Man. Oh, my bad. A residential medical expert, not a baby daddy yet, but a banger in the paint. Rajanwalya, how are you feeling?
2: Man, I feel left out now. Like this is going to be a, a, a newborn pod, and I'm just going to be here just taking notes. For an eventual one day,
0: you know what? You already told me your uh, diaper changing skills are like a B plus A minus. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. halfway there. You know what? I I don't have the reps in me, but uh, the actual technique I got down, I got it from the experts in the newborn nursery.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Josh, can you uh, can you change a diaper with your eyes closed? yet?
1: I probably couldn't, to be honest. Do you dare change a diaper with your eyes closed? No, I'm not LeBron at the free throw line, but I guess if I was, I would have missed. Did you see that recently? Mm. Late in the Detroit game, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. That's shameful, LeBron. You, he deserves to be in
0: health and safety protocol. <laughs> Nobody should see him for 10 days because of that. How are you going to talk that kind of shit and then clank it off front rim off a free throw? That's pitiful. that's why he's no MJ. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Cause he, Preach.
0: Because he can't take free throws. <laughs> MJ would have made that. MJ did make that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not <laughs> only did, would he have, he did it. What do you think LeBron got the idea? Just like all of LeBron's other ideas, straight from MJ, you know? Other than building his school. But, it's been a couple of weeks, guys. Obviously, you know, I had the baby last week, so I had to take the week off. Some of us can't always be uh, ready and locked and loaded, right, Raj? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, we've been off for two weeks. A lot's happened. I want to focus on, you know, a lot of, I guess, injury news. A lot of players who were out. Thankfully, we got a couple of guys back in right now, like Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris made their comeback, I think, last weekend. And Joel Embiid is you know, still saying that he's reeling from his, COVID, his uh, battle with COVID-19, still reeling, doesn't really have his lungs behind him. Uh, but we lost a lot of guys. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. in Denver, out for the year with uh, back surgery coming up. Joe Harris out, I think, six to eight weeks with an ankle issue. Kemba Walker just straight up out of the rotation. I thought Evan Fournier would be the one out of the rotation, but it's Kemba now. No, Damn, you can't out keep bio. twenty million dollars out of the rotation. Yeah, whatever, man. Tibbs ain't paying for it. What does he care? Exactly.
2: He should be out of the rotation, though. I, I love he how you. I know he should. I, I love how you're throwing him in with the injuries, like players that are physically <laughs> capable to play Kemba and John Wall, and players who just don't play. <laughs> You
0: might as well include Blake Griffin in there, too. Oh, yes. Blake Griffin also out of the rotation, which is sad because they're playing Paul Millsap instead of Blake Griffin, man. When you're playing, like, 35-year-old Paul Millsap, oof, you know you've really fallen off. But let me continue my list, guys. Bam Adebayo, out four to six weeks. Damian Lillard, out at least 10 days with a lower abdominal injury. Uh, LeBron, we already talked about with health and safety. My boy Austin Rivers and Bones Highland, also out with health and safety. And of course, John Wall is the one player who's trying to get back onto the court but not allowed to by his team. That's a lot to to process here. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, let's just talk about Kemba in New York. This is supposed to be the coming, like the homecoming, right? This is supposed to be the guy going back to the garden. New York native, New York point guard. This is it. And... This guy is like minus twenty five per one hundred possessions. He's he has the worst plus minus in the league. I I mean I don't even know like what's do we see Kemba back? Do we sort of wait for him to become better on defense for
1: Tibbs? Like what's what's a move here, Josh? Like how do you how do you work this? yeah uh, honestly like he has a tradable contract <laughs> i know it seems weird to say now because you know they sign him in the off season and everything but sometimes you just gotta cut your losses and uh you know if you have a player like that that some teams might be interested in potentially as a spark plug off the bench if he can accept that role like he should basically be in derrick rose's role for another team that's how i see it and i sort of see the john wall situation the same way too i think that both of those guys kemba and john wall just need to adjust their games and become six seventh man spark plugs who can give you 10 to 20 points on any given night and even though they're not playing a lot of defense uh you know they could change a game around every once in a while well according
0: to the houston rockets john wall needs to adjust his attitude not his game <laughs> doesn't want to come off the
1: bench you know but do you blame I mean, him wanting to come off the bench behind garrison matthews you mean Kevin Porter Jr., who's the biggest turnover machine in NBA history and can't shoot worth a lick. So I don't really blame John Wall for not wanting to come off the bench behind this guy when he sees he's clearly better than him. And John Wall had a pretty... I mean, he had a decent year last year. He wasn't great, obviously. But, you know, I would not blame him for looking at Kevin Porter Jr. and saying I'm better than that guy.
2: Yeah, but going back to the Kemba situation, like, I think this was two forces. We had a player in Kemba who... We were questioning whether he was kind of on the decline, whether he's seen his best days, whether his knees would hold up. He had an unsuccessful year in Boston the year before. And um, then we had a team in New York, which again, they had quite a few young guards, obviously with RJ Barrett and they got Fournier and um, Derek Rose, who Tibbs obviously has a, a hard on for um, like th- they were already deep in that position. They have like uh, Alec Burks and so forth. So this was kind of one of those situations that I think Kemba was there just to take the load off um, some of those players and maybe get them in the rotation. And clearly Tibbs wants to play still a defensive style and uh, Kemba's not the guy you want to, be, want to be playing in that situation. So I think like John uh, Josh mentioned, wow, again, um, Josh mentioned... <laughs> Because of all the John Wall talk, man. Exactly, exactly, exactly. There's no... uh, John Cohen over here. (laughs) John Cohen. John John Giddy out here. (laughs) Yeah, John Giddy, yeah, there we go. But yeah, no, uh, I I personally think that he'll come off the bench. He needs to accept that role, and uh, he's still a a good player, and he can still score um, at, like, usually get his shot, and ultimately the Knicks, they need that punch, because last year that's what really... Uh, was their downfall in the Atlanta series. So he, he might be the kind of guy where they, like, I feel like they overcompensated, right? Like during
0: that, like you mentioned, during the Atlanta series, they had no offense whatsoever. It was just Julius Randle, ISO ball, Julius Randall fadeaways, mid-range twos, long, long, long mid-range twos. And so they, and otherwise it was like Derrick Rose, right? You had two, pre, two, not even playmakers, but just shot makers or shot takers in this situation. So I guess adding Kemba is, like, overcompensating for that one point or one part of the team that just didn't flow. But on the other hand, you end up putting, like, a, a major defensive liability out there. Like, if you want to talk realistically, Kemba is getting attacked on defense the same way Trey Young was getting attacked on defense last year or two years ago, right? And, I mean, for Tibbs, I, this is, like, the worst case possible. Having Having point guards that just can't defend Having a front court that's either injured or just can't stop anybody right now, like the Knicks went from being fourth last year, going into the playoffs, you know, have, superseding any any expectations that anyone had, to sitting in tenth right now. Obviously, we're like a quarter of the way into the season, so who knows what'll happen? But a quarter of the way through, and you're sitting at tenth spot in New York, not the best spot, not the best spot.
1: Yeah, and they don't have their identity anymore. I mean, last year they were a very good defensive team, and they would grind out games. And this year, obviously, they don't have that right now. I mean, with Alec Burke starting, maybe that'll change. I mean, they were very competitive against Brooklyn. They probably should have won that game. Um, But uh, the makeup of their team, they're just an average team, you know? I mean, that's not bad for Knicks fans right now because they're no longer in the cellar dweller. They have some you know, flexibility going forward. The one thing I'd worry about with them, though, is, you know, how RJ Barrett has played so far, how bad he's been, especially efficiency-wise. Um, he's been absolutely atrocious. His PR is in the, in the absolute tank, and uh, he looks like he can't dribble anymore. So I don't really know what happened in the off season, but uh, maybe he needs to get back in the gym with uh, Steve Nash and uh, learn how to dribble again.
0: <laughs> the opposing coach of the other New York team.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just hanging I mean, out Steve Nash's grandson.
2: Did
0: you know that? Uh, it, yeah, yes. but maybe that's why Steve. Maybe Godfather is uh, sabotaging him. <laughs> he's teaching <laughs> you know? him like
1: these dribbling moves that don't work in the NBA. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's yeah. like, yo, you gotta use these ball hog gloves, you know. <laughs> oh God, Coach Godwin. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness! Okay, Raj, can we move on? I want to talk about you know th- what the Joe Harris injury means for Brooklyn, and more importantly, what to me at least what the Michael Porter Jr. injury means for Denver because that's a that's a huge loss for a team that could have gone to the finals last year, and we're really hoping for Jamal Murray to come back at some point to help them, right? But now it's just I think not great, this... not great, Bob.
2: Yeah, I think uh, let's let's go with Michael Porter Jr. because I think this one is the injury that. Uh, has Nuggets fans worrying? I think people of just the game worrying about kind of where this team is going and where MPJ, if he's gonna come back next year and if he's gonna have a full season because this is now his third back surgery. If I understand, he had one in college, one before the NBA, and then one now. Um, and back injuries, like a lot of other injuries, like the more. It- surgeries you have the less likely you're able to return at your peak performance it's just time off you're playing at such an elite level but going back to mpj this was supposed to be his year like i think everyone looked at the void that jamal murray left as more space for mpj to shoot take over games put up good numbers uh get better in the flow of offense and obviously improve his defense but wow what a missed opportunity for the nuggets and i, I personally think that they're probably like a little hesitant now that they've already invested in MPJ. Like if they're able to dump his contract or able to get a team for that's going to be willing to take that on. Cause that kind of injury from what I do know is it, it can definitely lead to further problems. He basically had part of his disc removed. Um, and that's more likely to lead to more chronic back issues. And he's what, 24. So um i i have my doubts about mpj coming back and being that all-star that we all thought he was going to be
1: yeah this is obviously not the same thing because i'm not really sure what type of back surgery that steve kerr had when he first started as head coach but if it's similar and you've heard all the different things that have come out about that after the fact in that steve kerr obviously couldn't even travel with the team he was gone for 20 plus games He said it was absolutely debilitating and he couldn't really function in everyday life. The pain was so awful. And he basically just said, like, if there's any way you can avoid getting back surgery, do it. So the fact that a 24-year-old has to get back surgery. And I know before the draft started, there was a bunch of, um, you know, rumblings about, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr.'s medicals. Uh, John Hollinger recently said on a couple podcasts that they're absolutely the worst he's ever seen when he was with the Grizzlies. So unfortunately right now it's all coming to fruition and uh you know, hopefully he gets back healthy next year. But uh, you know, this just might be a transition year for Denver, sort of like, you know, what Toronto went through last year with all their players out. Denver's lost so many different guys this year. And they'll be lucky to stay five hundred going forward at this point. I mean, they lost to Orlando yesterday, so that's not a good omen. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: think I think what Denver really should do is In that year before, like uh, the year when they went uh, in the bubble, they had a good playoff run as well. Uh, I think they have to go back to building up that bench. And I think this would be a great opportunity. I think they might actually be sellers at the trade deadline. It might be worth it for them to um, get rid of a few of their veteran pieces that may bring them back some picks, may bring them back some young players. Because uh, they went all in this year. They really wanted to make a big push, assuming Murray was going to come back, MPJ was going to fill uh, a few people's shoes. But I think this year now, they're going to be like, you know what? We got to develop our young guys, get Jokic, um, still going, still playing, avoid back-to-backs, uh, and get this team ready for the next year. And I personally think, like Josh mentioned, um, they, they need to have a – A lot of their young guys play. And uh, Bones will hopefully get a bit more uh, playing time.
0: Well, Bones needs to get out of health and safety protocol first before he touches the floor. (laughs) Um, So, Josh, you you mentioned Steve Kerr's injury, like his back injury. I found a list of other players who have had multiple disc-related procedures. Okay? Just get ready for this blast from the past. Rudy Fernandez. Remember him? The dunker. Quinton Richardson who, you know, yeah, not bad, but very low, like, you know, just a shooter. Uh, game's on the ground all the time. And Martell Webster. So two out of three of those guys had short careers. Not a good sign for MPJ, man. Like, I get it, he's young, so he's got that on his side. Hopefully he's able to recover. Young bodies do recover better than older bodies, but... It's not looking great, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think the Denver Nuggets are actually going to... St- get to the point where they're just like, oh, let's just chill this year. They're still going to make a run for the playoffs, right? No matter what. They're not going to let their reigning MVP just chill. Raj, you said to the him on back-to-backs, they're not going to do that. This guy made a whole point of playing all 72 last year, right? Like, he's he's one of those players that's just going to get out there no matter what. His game isn't exactly, exactly injury-prone. It's not like he's a high flyer or anything. He doesn't make, like, rapid movements. So, I don't know. Hopefully, for Denver's sake they can get Jamal Murray back and like rehab him properly and have him ready for next year. But otherwise you're you're probably looking at like a 6 to 10 seed at this point,
2: unfortunately. Yeah, but I I think they might end up going the route of maybe selling a few of their older veteran players. Obviously they're on short-term contracts too, but I I really do think that they need to bring in a bit more young blood um into this team. Uh, in the sense that obviously bones is a, a big a big piece for them going forward obviously mpj is very young um but I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Jemichael green goes on the way out um and then they bring in another young player uh even compazo like he's he's obviously like uh just a, a piece for them but um I, I can feel them going a bit younger
1: as well all you really need to say is they need to get Jamichael Green out of there so Bull Bull can play. They have the young <laughs> guy. It's time to play him. Yeah,
0: yeah between Bull Bowl and Zeke Nagy, man, they have a lot of young pieces. Oh, and uh, PJ Dozier is also out with an ACL injury for the year, right? So. Yeah, I yeah, know, but tough luck for Denver, man.
2: Yeah, but I think like Austin Rivers, unfortunately, has to go Jamichael Green, Campazo, and then bring in three young players. You know what? Nah. Denver's going to double down on this old team.
0: Watch. They're going to be like, who needs MPJ? We got Uncle Jeff Green. Oh the other gosh. Jay Green on the roster. It's going to be behind him and Aaron Gordon. Just just watch.
1: Yeah, Will Barton is pretty happy right now. Gets all the touches <laughs> he wants on the perimeter.
0: <laughs> Between Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. getting hurt, this is like Will Barton's dream.
1: Yeah, it's This guy dream. gets to go full
0: chucker and no one's going to yell at him.
1: I don't know if you guys saw the end of the game yesterday. I watched uh, the last two minutes of it. Uh, Barton took a fadeaway three instead of passing the ball to Jokic at the top of the key, and Jokic was so angry at him. (laughs) And and Barton airballed the shot, obviously. (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's classic Will,
0: man. There's nothing wrong with that, Josh. You gotta take the good and the bad with that kind of player. Uh, Let's move on to South Beach. Bam, out of bios, out for four to six weeks with a wrist injury, an elbow injury—it was something hand-related, right? It's a a thumb. thumb injury. Yeah. Surgery procedure.
2: Yeah, surgery.
0: Okay, so now we're looking at a rotation of bigs that includes Dwayne Dedman. That's it. That's all <laughs> I got. Dwayne Dedman is the only other big man <laughs> on this team. I mean, sure, you like before two or three weeks ago, you could have said Marquise Morris before he was Haslam? pushed by Jokic. Haslam's not going to play. But he's come part of on, the rotation. Man. Come on. No, he's not. There are, <laughs> there are coaches who are in better shape than Udonis Haslam are. Okay? I,
1: I think it's time for Spolstra to have a talk with Markeith Morris and tell him, all right, man, it's it's been a few games. He didn't hit you that hard. Your neck is fine. <laughs> it's time to come back.
0: <laughs> you don't need to flop when you're off the court. Okay? It's cool. Exactly. Oh, man. Even then, though, look, Marquise Morris is good, but he's not enough to to fit into this rotation, right? Not, not to substitute someone with Bam's presence on the floor.
1: No, but at least he can eat up minutes. Right now, they don't have anybody. Like, this is the problem that Miami, I'm um, like, we were looking at them before the season started. This was the issue in the regular season that they have no depth at all. Like, they have some decent perimeter players behind these guys. Like, you can fill in Gabe Vincent. He's been all right in certain stretches. I like Matt Spruce. He's a really good shooter. And he shot better than Duncan Robinson this year. And, uh, <laughs> in terms of the big positions though, like they don't have anybody. And then Jimmy Butler's going to be out the next two games too. So if he misses any time, they just don't have enough guys that can play basketball. Like you look yeah. at other teams around the NBA, like at least they can bring some guys in who can shoot the ball, who can, you know, play a role. But you look at Miami's roster behind, you know, their main eight guys, there's nobody there. Like they just don't have a team like Memphis right now. Even last year, when John Morant went down, they still played 500 basketball because they just bring these dudes in off the bench who they've you know done really well in drafting, like Xavier Tillman, and you know even Zaire Williams has been he's been pretty bad, but at least he Brandon plays Clark. minutes and he knows what he has to do <laughs> on the court, right? Miami doesn't have anybody, which is why they lost oh to Cleveland God. by like 40 points at home yesterday.
2: Yeah, which is just pitiful on its own. See that that would be a great trade partner. I don't know if Miami has anything to offer though. Um, but like Memphis is one of the deepest teams and Miami is one of the teams that has the least amount of depth. Like they're very top six heavy. Um, but yeah, uh, I think obviously there's no good time for injuries, but if you want Bam to be injured for a three month stretch, this would be the stretch, uh, going right before the all-star break, most likely, uh, he'll probably come back after, uh, and then they can work him into the offense. And again, when these six or seven players are playing, they're a good team. So, uh just getting to get a favorable seed i i do think like uh riley will pull up someone um from either their g league affiliate or um a, a veteran or i i don't know again for trade value uh if they can really offer much but uh, i wouldn't be surprised if they add another body
1: Yeah, what about uh omer Seven? <laughs> exactly yeah, he was actually nice in the summer league he can score the ball <laughs> but i don't know if he's ready right, for he the did. nba yet
0: I don't think he is. I think they're gonna end up playing like Max Struess at center. <laughs> I think Jimmy Butler's gonna play a lot of center when he gets back. Honestly. Oh, it's well, hold on. Like realistically, it's gonna be PJ Tucker. Hold yeah. On. If yeah. Uh, but you know, besides that, like Jimmy Butler can play the four. He's done it before. This is really gonna
1: hurt their playoff chances, though. Like if you play PJ Tucker throughout the regular season at the center position, he's not gonna have anything left come playoff time and you're not going to yeah. have that potential ace in the hole for certain minutes in the playoffs. But the bigger thing is they're probably going to lose home court advantage now, right? Yep. And depending on the matchup, that that's going to be tough to get through You know, three series where you're on the road every series too. So their chances to win the title went from like less than 10% to less than 2% probably. <laughs> oh, man. How will
0: Miami win any playoff series not at the Pornhub Arena or whatever it's called now? <laughs> <laughs> what will they do? bangbros.com center, center bangbros.com center <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh, maybe you're right Raj maybe it's time to actually dust off Udonis Haslam's
2: uh, old ankle braces and put get them on the floor yeah man this is some 41 uh, years old. some Dragon Ball Z shit going on he's gonna come out of the hyperbolic time chamber and like unleash a few <laughs> double double games <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man, remember when he got on the floor for, like, 30 seconds last year and started a fight with Dwight Howard? <laughs> it's It's going to end up happening, except he's only big in the rotation left. It's going to be great.
1: Yeah, you know, Spolstra's going to be, like, holding him back,
0: like, we need you.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was an all-time <laughs> stat line last year. He went two for two from the field in, like, two minutes, got a rebound, and then destroyed Dwight Howard. And got it <laughs> I mean, That's maxi- That's maximum
0: efficiency, man. Absolutely. You bully You bully one of the best centers of the last, like,
1: 20 years. And you go two for two. I take those numbers. That's what they need. They need guys that can go out on the court and maximize the time that they're out there. Even if that means fighting somebody. Like Max Struess. Yeah, right now he's Minstruis, but he'll get there. Minstruis. He's
0: on his way. Uh, Do we want to talk about the pitiful Portland Trailblazers real quick and Dame Lillard being out 10 games? are we going to allow this uh, abdominal injury to be the
2: excuse for his awful play this year it's a minimum 10 days too like this could be a longer term injury and man portland again before there was always a bit of like excitement with them cuz they had like their backcourt and they were just missing one piece maybe on the front court but they can never get it together this team is 10 and 1 at home and 1 and 10 on the road so, oh like, I, God. I, I don't know if it's uh if it's Dame Lillard or the fact that they can't play on the road, but um, they do have uh, a few easy games coming up. So um, I, I do think that they'll be able to, to string a few things together and uh, actually take that back. They actually have one of the hardest stretches coming up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign, then, because if it was an easy stretch, you could just say they're probably just doing this to give them some rest. Sort of like what uh, you know the Clippers did yesterday with Paul George just giving him a rest day, and uh, I don't know. This team is a, definitely a hard watch on the road. Didn't the Clippers get spanked by the Kings <laughs> by letting Paul George rest? Yeah, <laughs> This shows yeah. how thin the Clippers are too. They're like Miami East or Miami West, sorry. Or or are the Sacramento Kings that good. Um, no. Yeah, I heard I yesterday the there. Kings almost have as many wins at the crypto.com center as they do in their own arena, which <laughs> what that's called anymore. Arco Arena. I don't know.
0: Oh man. The Kings are 3 and 8 at home and 6 and 6 on the road. Oh jeez. I
1: think they have 3 wins at Staples, not Staples, sorry. crypto.com center. No,
0: no, no. it's it's Staples until Christmas Day. Christmas no, Day no, is the big launch of crypto.com arena.
1: What a wild wild time,
0: man. Couldn't even just be crypto.com or a crypto arena. Crypto.com.
1: It is pretty oh. embarrassing, though, how bad the Portland Trailblazers are on the road versus at home. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, I think the Raptors had one season like this like ten years ago. It's so frustrating to watch them because they lose by twenty on the road every game, and then they get home and just destroy everybody. <laughs> but Portland, just the way they're built, it's it's they're a hard watch, honestly. Like. Even though they have a really fun backcourt, it's just played its course at this point. You know exactly what you're walking into every game. And uh, the only fun part of their team now is like seeing if Anthony Simons can become a player. That's pretty much it. (laughs) Hold on.
0: Zion Williamson
1: is
2: experiencing soreness in his foot and his return has been delayed. (laughs) Oh my God. Let's talk about this. Let's just talk about this for like 30 (laughs) seconds. Fuck the Zion Williamson train. I'm off of it. Get me off. I never want to ride. Like, I was never really that into Zion as a player. I think, obviously, he dominated college because he's just bigger than everyone. Right? But, like, A, this has to be on him more than it is on the Pelicans. Like, ultimately, like, a team can't prevent injuries in that sense that he's not even getting on the court to get injured. Like, this is what's happening to him before he's even able to play. So I, I really don't think that his a his career in New Orleans is done. Like I think they're gonna showcase him for a few games and try to trade him.
0: <laughs> Yo wow. no, that is a that is a hot take if I ever heard one. Uh, I mean that uh, would be unprecedented if they actually
1: here. did that. You know, trade a potential top ten guy in his what, third year now? But I totally get yeah. it. Like, it, it does make <laughs> sense if they want to go that route based on how everything's progressing. But you you can't believe anything that's coming out of their organization anyway. Like, as soon as they said that he was cleared for five on five, I was like, nah, not a chance. I, I said before the season started, based on, like, all the reporting that came out and them just lying through their teeth. They'll be lucky if he plays a game this year. I thought maybe he'll play after the All-Star break. There's no way he's coming back before the All-Star break. He's got a broken foot, and they haven't even said like what type of broken foot what type it was, like in terms of the metatarsal or whatever it's so. Yeah.
0: So but- okay. Zion Williamson, this is his third year in the league, right? Over under let's say a hundred games has he have has he played. Under under, what do you think? Under. Under. Okay, over under seventy-five games. Under I'll go over. Eighty-five. Zion Williamson in two years has played the equivalent or two and a quarter years. Has played the
2: equivalent of one season plus three games. Not I, not great. And he's not gonna re-sign there if you're New Orleans. Like it's it's clear as day. You might as well dump his con not dump his contract, just trade him for whatever you get. Because he's made it clear that he doesn't want to be there. You're not letting no, him play. I,
1: no 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 no
0: no let's he'll resign and then ask for a trade he's gonna get that rookie extension like everyone else does
1: and then he'll ask out same way everyone else does i don't know man it's, it's hard to ask, to ask out now
0: man
2: i don't know it's yeah nobody's ever done out. that
1: before so I, th- I don't think we can say that he's going that direction right Because nobody's ever not signed that contract where you can get the extra yeah. year and the extra money so if he's gonna do yeah, that but- he's probably gonna get the max extension. And then ask out within remember, a year. Remember, remember when Porzingis threatened to not resign,
0: and then everyone was like, "Shut up, Kristaps! Sign your contract." And
1: they oh, traded. I don't him. want to sign with Dallas. They traded him after he signed the contract, though. This is for a second contract, though, right?
2: Yeah, true. And I, 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 I still think that the difference is Zion is such a marketing opportunity that he knows that the money he can make in marketing would probably offset some of the losses he would have not signing that extension and he doesn't want to be trapped with new orleans like it's clear like they're not letting him play like he from his camp he's good to go like he's not overweight he has no knee issues he can play 82 games a year but now it's coming to a point where especially early on they were like withholding him trying to change his body mechanics changes the way he eats like obviously they're doing this to protect their own asset but he's not playing like that they're going to have to have a serious thought about whether he's going to end up re-signing and if he does re-sign and then ask for a trade sure a team may want that but also they're going to try to lowball him because they know or lowball the pelicans the same way teams are doing that with the 76ers so you might as well get something decent in return and the team will be able to re-sign him the team that acquires him
1: yeah but i don't know I think if you trade Zion, though, like nobody's going to show up to the games, and then you're probably going to have to move your team because they've already talked about doing that already. So maybe that's the direction they go on. They try to just sell the franchise right before they sell Zion, <laughs> you know, <sighs> and go that route. But uh, what Zion needs is an organization that won't treat him like a little kid. They just need to tell him take that drumstick out of your hand and you get on that treadmill. You lose 50 pounds. You come into training camp. In shape, he needs like a Miami situation where he has yeah. to come in at a certain body fat percentage, or else he's not going to play because you can't go showing up like a, a bowling ball. You know, he's like what three hundred and fifty pounds? Like, come on, man! <laughs> I mean, you're six foot I six. mean, in his
0: de- in his defense, it's not a drumstick; it's a Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know, let's get the sponsorships yeah. right, Josh.
1: Well, drumstick in one hand, Mountain Dew in the other. <laughs> <laughs> what a wicked combination that would be! ay, yay. Ay. Also, uh, uh, more speaking extent. about uh, back surgery quickly, it's been reported now that uh, Brooke Lopez underwent back surgery today and is out indefinitely, so that is not good for the Bucks. I mean, it explains why they signed Cousins, obviously, but Brooke Lopez is out the entire season. I don't think the Bucks are going to repeat. No, it's—hold on.
0: Firstly, it's nice seeing Boogie Cousins back on the court. Just saying. He would have been great in Miami. Yeah, they know honestly, yeah. it's
1: true.
0: Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, Josh. I don't know. I still like their chances. They still do have Giannis. <laughs> Never you hurts. know, you, you forget about that guy. It's kind of good. Multiple-time MVP, you know. Doesn't yeah, but with Brook Lopez, they good.
1: were like the number one defense by far. This year, they're what? They're probably in the, the teens, right? Let's see. Where are they in defense? Milwaukee
0: Bucks, 11th. Mm-hmm. That's not bad, Josh. In defensive rating, eleven. It's not bad, but not it's bad. not going to be a championship. This is well true. not right now, but that's before you brought in Boogie Cousins. Oh yeah, because he's going to improve their defense <laughs> big time. <laughs> not, that, not that they have Boogie Cousins, who knows? This sky's the limit for this team, man. Uh, it, it is tough, but you know, defending champions—they all have all the acumen there. Blah blah blah. They have the veteran experience. I assume that they can figure something out. Uh, do we want to talk about the... Okay, I'll give you guys the choice here. Do we want to talk about how fun the Minnesota Timberwolves are for Raj? Or do we want to talk about how great the Phoenix Suns are for Josh? You guys can battle this
1: out. Josh, you go first. Uh, I'll let you.
0: No, we could talk about
1: day. the Timberwolves. I've watched a lot of their games recently. And, uh, you know, the one thing holding them back still is... D'Angelo Russell takes way too many bad shots. (laughs) It's it's hard to watch. And he just can't get by anybody. And he takes all these like pull-up twos. And it's just hard to watch. Give the ball to Anthony Edwards. Run a bunch of pick and rolls with him and Cat. And Cat's been a lot better on defense this year too. But I think the biggest difference in their team, honestly, is Jared Vanderbilt. Oh, absolutely. He he has made the biggest difference with them. And the coaching, obviously, too. Because you can just see like they actually have a plan on defense now. They rotate similar to what you know Toronto and Golden State do, just not as well, obviously. And that they're just flying all over the place, and they're playing a drop defense with Cat a lot of the time. But every once in a while, like Chris Finch hasn't come up on screens, um, like Portland has been doing the entire season with Nurkic. But you can't do that that often because then Cat's going to get uh, you know tired, obviously. But they just have a plan in place. You can see on defense, they get it now. They know what they're doing. And then Jared Vanderbilt, when he's actually been able to play, has been huge. He looks like Dennis Robin out there. <laughs>
0: that's, a, that's a pretty funny comparison. Um, pretty, Chris Finch is using Cat on, on defense, similar to how Michael Malone is using Jokic on defense in Denver, right? Bringing him up on screens, having him hedge a bit, and then bring it right back. Like Don't go too far out, so don't switch. But just hang around there like in the mid-post or like, high-post area. Cause he's long, his hands are fast. Like he should be able to get deflections the same way Jokic does, or if not, as consistently. Like at a portion of that. So why not? And between that and then apparently Anthony Edwards being a uh, full confidence baddest mf'er on the team, the team is pretty optimistic to say the least. You know, uh, Raj, I know like Anthony Edwards is your boy. I think you claimed him after like his dunk on Utah Watanabe last year. So yes, he must sir. be ecstatic for this team to make
2: the play in game this year (laughs) yeah hey you know what they they have a chance if they stay healthy um i agree with josh i think um russell does force it you do need sometimes uh a player that just takes the shot in the last five ten seconds of the shot clock when nothing's going offensively but that player has to be edwards now um especially for their development and just also for his ability in the future to be able to get good looks at the basket um, but ultimately, I think the nice thing with this Timberwolves team is they they don't have one scorer now, which traditionally was Cat. They have a few guys that can score the ball. They have p- players in roles. Um, and you know what? They're in some close games. I was watching the Pacers-Timberwolves game. Um, Cat fouled or Cat was in foul trouble very, very often. And Sabonis obviously was dominating on the glass. But you know what? They were still able to get good looks at the basket. Russell was actually passing the ball when he was getting doubled. Um, and and they're able to not force it too much. And they have multiple options scoring with and Russell on any given night, and then Cat, kind of your consistent 20-point scorer. Um, so this team does have weapons, but again, they, they don't have the experience that a lot of the other teams in the West do. And Uh, I think a team with good defensive discipline will cause a lot of problems for this Timberwolves team.
1: I think the other thing that's missing, too, is Patrick Beverly has been out the last few games. And I think with him in the lineup, um, their defensive rating was just off the charts because you have both him and Vanderbilt. And, uh, you know, Vanderbilt's been just amazing against any type of, you know, offensive threat on the other team especially the top guys. Like He did a great job on Paul George the other day, and uh, he can guard a lot of different dudes. And then you got Beverly in there whenever he's healthy as well. So Minnesota's got a little bit of a formula right now, and I think they have a pretty good chance to make the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, I heard somewhere that uh, with Beverly and Vanderbilt in the starting lineup, they had the best plus minus of any starting five in the league. Granted, it was in like 90 minutes of play together, so it's not like the craziest amount of time, but still... That's a good distribution of defense and offense. And to that point, they've, like, Minnesota is sitting at eighth on defensive ranking this year, or defensive rating, sorry. That is amazing for a team anchored by Cat. For a team that couldn't stop anybody for the past, I don't know, Josh, when did Kevin Garnett retire? 2016? Something 2017, like somewhere around there? 2015, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. For the past, like, five years, they haven't been able to play defense. And then suddenly they're top 10. Granted. Again, keep in mind that it's only a quarter of the way into the year, and it's going to take a lot for them to keep this going, but if Vanderbilt and uh, Patrick Beverly can keep this team's defense on point, this is more than impressive, man, for a team that was basically like, well, not even basically. They were being torn up by their superstar in the summer for having awful management. Right? For having constant turnover year over year over year. And for a top 10 defense, man, that's That's hella impressive. I don't know if their offense is sustainable. I don't know if you want to count on D'Angelo Russell bailing you out constantly in the clutch situations, but, man, apparently he's got ice in his veins, Raj.
2: You got Ant-Man, though, but um, also, Cat, hopefully he he not injured from that fall he took yesterday uh, at the end of the game. Um, But, again, if this team stays healthy, they should be pushing for a play-in spot, like... Uh, they have the pieces, they now seem to have a, a coach, and they have Anthony Edwards, so what else do you need in life? Nothing, apparently. All you need is a little bit of Anthony Edwards and you're good to go.
0: You know also, it. apparently, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell over the past like four years has taken and uh, taken and hit the most amount of clutch shots in the past like four or five years. Just saying. It's apparently, he does he have ice. do that, that the rest of the 46 minutes of the game. Doesn't need to, <laughs> YouTube, Josh. He just waits to the, to the most important minutes of the game. But he also That's just helpful. loves to chuck. That's pretty funny. Uh, do you have any stats corner, Josh?
1: I do, actually. So this oh. one is going to be way too hard for you guys to get. So I am going to Oof. give you some teams. So No, the- man, give us the hard stuff. Come on, you're not going to get this, but sure. That's the hard stuff. We like. All it right. Much. So, in Gosh. terms of <laughs> well, we've been talking about efficiency for a lot of the podcast. So, in terms of player efficiency rating, who has the lowest PERs in the NBA thus far? And a hint: oh. almost all these dudes are role players. Thus, me wanting to give you some teams you can actually guess. But if oh, you want to wow. go ahead, if you can name. We'll go with the bottom ten dudes. So let's see how many mm. you can name. You'll each get three guesses. Okay. Kevin so Porter. In the oh. There you go. Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> is number eight, I believe, in terms of bottom. Wow. Tier As if you efficiency. got that
0: so easily. <laughs> 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 Letting up Kevin Porter Jr. that fast. I got another one for uh, you, too.
1: Keep it going then.
2: Keep it Jalen Suggs.
1: Jalen Suggs number one. He is at 7.8 in terms of PER. Wow. Wow, that's awful. Uh, in line with that, is Jalen Green in this list? Number two at <laughs> 8.2 PER.
2: Yo, Peter, we don't need no teams. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: that's will all this. Go,
2: man.
0: this. Uh, I was just basing it off of you, Raj. I'm following uh, right. your lead, man. Okay.
1: Okay, Kate Cunningham. Awful last let's go with top picks. Nah, Kate Cunningham is not anywhere on this list. Surprisingly, I mean, he had a really good game last game when he's ten for thirteen from the field. So probably before that he was, but not anymore. Yeah, he's had a few good games.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say who else is awful? <laughs> is Terrence Ross? Terrence Ross is pretty low efficiency. Uh, Terrence
1: Ross is not on the list. Damn. Hmm.
2: You know Ooh. who's been very inefficient this year, Spencer Dimwitty. Wow. Dimwitty is not near the bottom though. Okay. Oh my
0: goodness. This is really digging deep. Uh, give me Nikhil Alexander Walker. Nah. Nope. No. No, oh, sir. Nah. He is
1: on the list. He's number twenty-five, I believe.
0: Yeah, he's been awful, man. I drafted him in both of my fantasy teams, and uh, he's been sat on the bench the whole year. Yeah, he's got a first. 12 PER, not great.
2: Wait, yeah, it's only he's only a drop if
0: Zion doesn't come back. You're
2: gonna
1: drop
0: him, eh? Thirty-seven <laughs> percent
1: from the field. Oof.
0: Yeah, he's awful. Oh, Twenty-nine percent from three. Is a uh, awful Luke Kennard on this team on this list? Luke Kennard is at number 15, so he's Oof. surprisingly up
1: there. Getting there, wow. getting there. I knew he was. He's been awful, man. Alright. Hmm. He's at forty one point seven field goal percentage and forty one point seven three pointers. It seems like he only takes threes. Are there any uh
2: starters on the remaining six players that we need? One, <laughs> two, three,
1: four. Four starters. Can I give you some teams now?
0: Yeah, yeah, give us some teams.
1: Alright, Indiana. Oh,
0: Chris Duarte?
1: Chris Duarte, wow. number ten at ten point four per. Even though he's got a nice stroke, he's not making as many shots as you think.
0: Man, his his shot looks nice though. Yeah, like, that is a technically sound shot.
1: I'll let it pass. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: okay, what's uh, the next, thing, next one? Is a player off the bench, Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Bagley doesn't play, so
2: I'm not going to say him. <laughs> Jeez. Yo, he's playing now. Buddy Yield?
1: Uh, nope, not Buddy Yield.
2: No.
1: TD? TD Bank? Nope. Oh. Think about the trend so far. Who are the top two guys that we mentioned so far? Rookies? Guards. Oh. Uh, Davion? Davion Mitchell. Correct. 10.1 PER. Uh, Lockdown defender, but can't play is... a lick of offense, eh? I mean, he's, he looks the part. He's just not making shots. And he's really good on defense, obviously. So I he's still like want him on Allen. the team. Yeah. Um, next one is Portland, and he's a starter. Dame? No. <laughs> 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 oh uh, yeah. Is it Rocco? Rocco. It is so Rocco at 9.8 Prash. PER.
0: I also drafted Rocco. Dropped him in like half a week. Still have, I mean,
1: it... It doesn't help that he's shooting, like, 90% of his shots from three. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yo, Rush still has Roko on his team. That's funny. I need those blocks. My goodness.
1: (laughs) Okay, next, Josh. Uh, Player off the bench from Minnesota. Okoge? Hmm. Nope. Nas Reed? No. No, Nas Reed is nice. How dare you? I just wanted to give him a
2: shout-out. All he does is, yeah, all he gets is, like... (laughs) Give him a a shout-out by
0: saying he's terrible? He's a, no, I just wanted you guys to correct me, man. He's like the perfect
2: okay. cleanup guy. I don't know his first name, but McDaniels.
1: Nope. Good guess, but no. You're missing the one guy who comes off the bench consistently, and you know, plays of a game for them. Oh, Beasley. Geez, correct. Uh, Malik Beasley is yeah. number six overall <clears throat> in this terrible category. 9.5 <laughs> PER. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is hilarious. Three more. So yeah. next, Oklahoma City starter giddy nope giddy Ooh. is not near the list it's
0: shea isn't it
1: it's not shea no. oh no.
0: shay has been awful ba- this year, man
1: correct darius Basley, 9.3 per this he guy was the worst jump me... shooter in the league last year <laughs> this guy told me to draft him last year he's like late in your round if you get Baisley, he's gonna have a... yeah hey, he <laughs> was he was nice for the first part of the year and then he just stopped being and, able to shoot like first ball. two games
0: and the, the, and the last like 15 games last year he was solid
1: it was just the other, you know,
0: 60-something games.
1: <laughs> um, So you got two left. Uh, nice. One is from Indiana. He's a bench player.
0: Jeremy Lamb?
1: No. Nope. You're on the right track, though. He is a wing player. Sort of surprising, this guy. He's actually a pretty... I thought he was a decent player. <laughs> I thought.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I've watched all of, like, two minutes of Indiana this year. Wh- what? Why? Why? Who have you watched more? Is he
1: an X Raptor? He is not, but he has a brother. Justin I don't know. No, Justin's starting, isn't he? No. Well, I guess he goes back and forth, but him and Duarte. But yeah, he's also on the list too. Really? <laughs> him Justin and Holiday? Yeah, surprisingly. Wow. Nine point I mean, no one PR. And this no one is probably the team. biggest surprise of all, but if you've watched this season, you know that he's been absolutely horrific. Miami starter, Duncan Robinson. Correct. Bottom 3. He's at an 8.2 PER, he's shooting 35% from the field and 32% from 3. And I think he shot 45 or 40 between 43 and 45 the last 2 years. So, you know, is it the ball or is it, it the contract? Know. It's the
0: contract, man. It's you know how you always hear like guys just chill after they get they get their contract, especially the Hood-Rich guys. Duncan Robinson Hood Rich right now. Chilling (laughs) off that big contract. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, living in (laughs) in Miami.
1: He started his podcast too soon. I think he's focusing way too much on that too. Yeah, man. He's gotta learn from J.J. Reddick and balance it somehow.
0: JJ Reddick needs to be a mentor for Duncan Robinson. I'm sure he is. Also hilariously, J.J. Reddick going after Stephen A. Smith is uh it's good content. He's that's trying to get the really
2: ESPN see. gig, that Max, that vacancy. That's what he wants. I
0: mean, he's probably better than than Max Kellerman
2: at it, to be honest. JJ Ray's got a good voice, man. That
0: guy's made for content. I'm just saying. All right, good stuff, Josh. I like these stats corners where we can just like poop on bad players. It's pretty great. Keep it up. Oh, man. All right. Is that it? That's all we got for this week? No more uh... No Toronto talk this week. Wow. Well, let's keep it that way there's not much to
1: talk about their entire team is injured and they're almost impossible to watch
0: (laughs) anyways let's call it here Uh, i want to thank everyone for listening please remember to rate and subscribe on apple podcast josh leave us those five star reviews leave us those good comments shouts to chad jeffries who keeps on uh, blowing up the podcast uh you can find us on instagram and twitter at hoops corner pod and until next time peace